We're live. Uh, what's happening, everyone? Welcome to another episode of uh, the It All Depends podcast, the show where we share tactical and actionable insights for customer success manager. I'm your host, Prash, and, and I'm really stoked to have you joining us today. So my guest today is a very creative individual, in addition to being uh, an exceptional CSM at SAP. Uh, so you must have seen her visuals on customer success topics on LinkedIn, which are not just pretty to look at, but also have really solid content. I was I was uh, pretty fortunate to work with uh, her on one of those. And she's a fellow parent as well. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, but thank you so much for being on the show today, Valeria. So good to have you. How are you? Oh, thank you so much, Prash, for welcoming me here. And what a word of introduction. I'm I'm very humbled. And uh, yes, thank you so much. Indeed, really happy to be here. Lots to share. Lots of of, of common topics with you. And I had the pleasure of working with you on other topics and collaborate with you already so i'm really looking forward to having this conversation to you with you today well, me too yeah thanks for being here excited for for our conversation all right like just like like how the the episode is really set up we really need to set up the foundation uh, uh because it really depends as the as the podcast actually is named uh on on you know the the company the industry how the customer success team is set up on your side so would kind of love to uh dive deep into that valeria if you don't mind could you just briefly share about the company sap you're working at and how the customer success is actually set up yes absolutely and with pleasure so as you said i am a customer success partner we call ourselves partners at sap and we are set up as a pretty much uh, in a very uh, logical way we are having our own place just after sales uh, is closed so we're taking care of all the post sales relationship we do collaborate with sales very deeply and continuously through the entire life cycle of our customers and we of course have other um, teams that gravitate around customer success and doesn't necessarily belong to customer success, but gravitates around, which is onboarding, uh, which is, of course, uh, some renewal teams uh, that supports us and that we, as a kind of conductors, you know, we, we act as the conductors and we bring those teams whenever there is a right moment, whenever there is a right milestone. Um, we are at the center of this post-sales relationship with our customers. Yeah, I love the metaphor of, of being a choir conductor uh, as a CSMs. Uh, on the onboarding, so are you involved in onboarding? Are you, do you do the onboarding or there's a separate team for that? Uh, we do have a separate team that ensures the successful onboarding. And of course, the customer success partners are a part of this process. Uh, we do not just let uh, our customers kind of follow that uh, onboarding process on their own. So we uh, follow that closely. And for certain topics, we can also onboard and ensure certain pieces of onboarding ourselves. But we do have an onboarding hub for this uh, that helps greatly uh, and yeah ensures that everything is kind of ticked. All the boxes are ticked well. Okay, got it. So if, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, so it's sales onboarding, then yourself, you would be the long point of contact, uh, long term point of contact. 
and then yes. you have you work closely with the the renewal team uh, on the renewal side of things and and sales again if there are growth opportunities would that be the correct setup absolutely we and i personally love to keep the sales through the entire life cycle so to keep very close relationship with them uh be it you know be either i detect the some upsell or cross sell opportunities uh but also just for the duration of the contract just for the duration of the whole relationship to be honest um we have uh usually long term partnerships with our customers mm-hmm. so it it makes sense to keep the sales team in that relationship and we're also in a very complex organization where we have multiple solutions so multiple sales uh 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 point of contact um and it's important to just kind of navigate all this setup um okay got it got it no makes sense and with regards to i don't know we we don't want to get into your you know the the size of your book or anything of that sorts but then i'm just wondering like what is your communication cadence with the customer is that like uh you know monthly biweekly bimonthly what does that look like we don't have the imposed communication cadence of course i mean we are um pretty much navigating in a high touch world of uh engagement uh and the communication cadence would deeply depend and would be almost dictated by our customers i mean i have uh, several accounts in my book and with some i have a daily oh well daily <laughs> daily exchanges mm-hmm. weekly cadence and then some of the monthly quarterly very kind of regular uh and uh um quite intense cadence but there are others with whom it will be more mostly biweekly and then some others with with which it will be with whom it will be monthly so the you know what it depends yeah <laughs> perfect perfectly summed up yeah no i i i love the fact that it it really has to depend on the customer and what their needs are and not just have a, a general cadence like okay every customer has to go through you know a biweekly or bimonthly is really needs to cater to the customer needs which totally makes sense so so yeah that that's definitely the right way to do it uh all right i'm just yeah sorry we, we, i'm sorry yeah we, we are not measured on the number of calls or number of meetings we do per week or per month if if that makes sense I and mean, if, if just just to kind of complete the picture right right no no makes sense makes sense okay uh yeah i would so so from what i understand like you there's a good setup a, a good flow where you partner with the different uh cross functionally with different teams uh and 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 make sure there's a seamless handover between the teams uh the call cadence is it really depends on the type of customers that you have and their needs uh and what else i think that's that's pretty much it on the on the setting up the foundation i think yeah and and i'm curious like how big is your team uh so i'm a part of my direct team is around 30 but then i'm a part of a bi- much wider and bigger organization of customer success partners so we are kind of all split by different solution areas uh, different products if you, if i if, to to speak in a kind of more uh Uh, outside of SAP language, 
because obviously we have such a diverse portfolio of products one customer success partner doesn't cover them all so um, it also can happen that there are multiple customer success partners who are working on the same account but from a very different perspectives from a very different solutions and with a very different teams oh that's that's interesting okay no that's that's the first i've never yeah i've never heard on of that setup like having multiple CSMs uh, partnering on the same account, depending on on the different products, right? Did I understand that correctly? It's exactly this, yes. I guess it happens a lot in the larger enterprises. Um, The the type of software giants like Microsoft or Adobe, they probably operate in in a slightly similar fashion. Right, so would you closely partner with those customer success partners as well? Like, how does that work? Uh, it depends. I guess you will hear this phrase very often. <laughs> uh, because that would also uh, pretty much vary from account to account, how the account, the how the customer itself is set up. Um, if, uh, for example, if I work on the HR solutions and somebody works on the, uh, more of a, I don't know, the database solutions. Uh, it would depend if both of those are managed and managed by IT or if one of those are managed, uh, managed more, more by you know, business partners and more by HR, for example, in, the, in which case I would only work with HR population and then my colleague would work mostly with the IT and we would probably never even see each other there, you know. Um, and it would also depend if uh, some of the integration projects are there. And of course, if we are doing some integrations, we would deeply uh, collaborate together. So it's really, there is no uh, one single model of of functioning it really 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 deeply depends <laughs> okay cool no that like like generally if you have a conversation you would you wouldn't know about this and and get straight into the tactics and strategy but then once you have this there's so so much like the strategy and tactics really depends on on the setup that you have which is very very unique on the enterprise level like you mentioned you have multiple uh csms working on the same account so yeah that's that's good to know, and that 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 would probably dictate how we approach your your day to day as a CSM, right? So it, it's a it's a nice segue, like a natural segue to kind of get into uh, the tactics and uh, the actionable tips and advice that you might have. Uh, as you know, Valeria, I, I'm a big fan of the Pareto principle, and like what the twenty percent input that results in the eighty percent output, and we have so many things going on. Uh, with the customers like so many things and we have so many customers that we need to manage so how do you prioritize like what is that 20 percent that you prioritize i've been thinking about this actually quite a lot because there is there are a couple of things that i do that results in in an that 80 percent or at least i think that results in this 80 percent of the outcome and one of those is definitely that effort of meeting the customers where they are. Uh, it sounds kind of a bit of a buzzword today, <laughs> but this whole principle comes from marketing. 
Uh, it is very new and my, my background is in marketing actually and, and probably this is why it was so important for me to bring that principle into customer success when I started in customer success, which was actually certain years ago. And that principle is, 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 is very simple. I mean, in customer success, we have our own tools, our own cadences, our own, um, I don't know, templates, uh, everything on our own. And we are very happy about it. We, uh, we think that it will help our customers. We give this all to them. We give them the accesses. But the thing is that we work also with the customers who also have their own tools. They also have their own cadences. They also have their own templates. And I remember years ago when I was working with a Fortune 100 giant, they were telling me, you know, Valeria, I mean, it's all good, but we already can't keep up with our own tools to fill in. <laughs> so your links and everything is all great and deeply appreciated, but we can't do it. So I started to think about this, like how would I actually integrate into where they are? And that means asking them, they already have some you know, project management software and like planning software. Well, I've asked them about it. I've asked them to give me an access to that. And by doing this, I was able to create a, a project plan or a success plan which is directly in their tool. And all their team is already there and they see all the milestones and it became really theirs rather than mine and I'm just kind of imposing something. Same goes for templates. Um, I really love in the beginning of the relationship with the customer, I just kind of tell them, like, could you send me a couple of presentations of your own and maybe a template? And I would then use those to create my QBRs in them. I mean, they don't really care about the branding of you know my branding or our branding. Uh, and it's just a couple of slides, but those couple of slides can then be integrated seamlessly into their presentations. So again, when they present to their leaders about what they do with a project, uh, what they do with us as a uh, as a company. I'm not talking here only my current organization. I was doing it previously as well. They can just take those slides, copy paste them in their own presentation. It's all ready already. It's all in their colors. They don't need to rework anything. So it's it, it's it's that. And I was also I I. I pushed that principle quite far because I was also based in customers' offices in the past, pre prior to COVID. I really loved having my, you know, my small corner in the customer office coming regularly and uh, having that, having them creating this feeling that I am an integral part of their team. Uh, an extension to their team. So it all goes through all these small details and why it results in the 80% of outcome, because I think that it's not only about, I mean, this is how you gain knowledge of your customer by kind of being, plugging yourself into their day-to-day, -day, you get so much understanding of how they're using your tool, what do, they do, what do they do with it, what kind of outcomes they're trying to achieve. Uh, what kind of challenges they face. And you really feel those challenges sometimes. Like 
<laughs> the pressure of those challenges when you especially yeah. sitting in the, in the office with them. And uh, and then you also uh, manage their perception of you as a customer success partner for real. Like you're here, you're with them, you are in their work chart chat. Uh, rather than you know the, the, being difficult to contact and uh, uh, need to be send an email every time, so this is the it doesn't take a lot of time to set this up. Especially, it's just the initial setup. Afterwards, it's it's a routine. It becomes a routine, and I deeply think that it results in eighty percent of the outcomes. Wow the 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 common theme that I that I that I get from that is like really removing the the friction uh, from the entire process on the customer side, whether that's the templates that you're using, whether that's the project management tool that you're using, you're just making it easy for the customer, uh, which is which is a great approach. And 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 the whole QBL, like the template and the deck thing, you always like the default is like, okay, you know, search internally in our company, like internally or in the company and you search for that deck and you you would generally use that template but then yeah that is so interesting and yeah. and yeah i'm so curious to like now check it out you know it makes things easier for the customer as well they can just like copy paste the slide and and just have that in their branding just those little things uh to remove that friction and make it easier for them yeah it's <laughs> so good yeah that's a great tip Valeria yeah yeah and love it look, I, I, I've done it 10 years ago already mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of viral about it uh, and maybe 10 years ago it wasn't that necessary yet but in today's reality where everything is like there is so much information I mean our customers are bombarded by not us I mean not only us <laughs> they have so much so, so much going on like emails uh presentations to make links to connect tools to use that makes even more sense now um so yeah and our branding we still use it we still communicate you know in the emails in the events in everything but we just remove that as as you i really love how you said it like remove the friction and makes it make it a little make it more easy um complexity is a big big um poison of customer success in my point of view so yeah yeah no absolutely love that love that okay perfect uh so i would imagine this like you you focusing on these two priorities like how does this how does this directly result in your performance? Of course, like we don't want to get into the metric side of things. And you did men- give us an example of, of that Fortune 100 company that you work with. Do you have any other example uh, that where these skills or any other skills that you want to bring up that directly resulted in your good performance? Any skills that resulted in a good performance? Uh, can I mention another skill? Because I think that... Go for it. Uh, this was more of a tip, you know, this was more of a practical tip. But if we talk skills, uh, what I would love to highlight is, of course, communication. And, and communication is a very vast type of skills for customer success. So what I would kind of 
focus on and on deep dive into is the storytelling. I really think that in terms of performance, in terms of my personal performance at least, the storytelling and both oral, you know, in, in, in the conversation, but also visual storytelling is extremely important. And I'll explain you why. Uh, the, on the visual side, I really think that sharing the data just for a sake of sharing the data doesn't make sense. So you really need something to support your story, to explain customers uh, what are we trying to do with them, what are we, uh, where are we driving them, and visual storytelling helps greatly when you when you can select and bring the customers the right type of data, which basically almost on its own tells the story to them. And uh, it's yeah, it helps me a lot in explaining certain things in driving them to the right direction in accompanying them better and also in because storytelling is is not just about me talking you know it's not about me talking at the customer but it's also about understanding what they're trying to do so firstly it comes with a lot of um there was a lot of question asking, you know, like uh, understanding, uh, deep diving, um, validation of certain points. And then you can kind of tell them where, what are you trying to do with them? What, what are you, where are you guiding them? And I think that this is something that uh, works extremely well with the customers. Uh, they need context. They need uh, that uh, understanding of what are you doing, what are you trying to do, and we, we forget that customers don't, you know, they don't do what they uh, what we do. They don't think the way we think. They don't work in our companies, you know. They don't have the same references. Uh, so it's very important to kind of use that, or at least I use that storytelling to basically just explain what are we trying to do with them, just uh, in a in a very digestible way as well. Yeah, no, I already know how good you are at visual storytelling. So I totally can see you like leveraging that and helping out the customer. Yeah, I totally can agree on the, on that side where you really collect all the context that you need and then deliver on the on the content piece and also not assuming that, oh, uh, you know, customer would know this, customer would know that. But no, like coming from our perspective, we might know that. But then they are not purview purview that to that uh, to that exposure of the resources that we have, so we can't make those assumptions. So yeah, that's a good exactly. call out. Exactly, and sometimes I'm 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 really like oh, I sh I should have told them this before, you know. Even even now, even today, although I'm trying to be as explicit as possible, sometimes you feel that oh, you really need to bring your audience first into the same kind of level of. Uh, understanding before taking them to the next stage. Totally, totally. And on the visuals that you create, Valeria, do you use any software or is it just like you just use it from scratch, like create it from scratch? Like how do you do well, that? Well, honestly, when I, when, well, when I work uh, with the customers, I actually only use the standard tools or for visualization. Uh, I work a lot with data visualization, so 
uh, sharing certain dashboards, sharing certain um, graphics. Uh, but again, something that would uh, really speak to them, you know, not just sharing certain data that I can collect because, oh my God, I mean, we are working for software companies, we can collect a lot of data <laughs> and we can, we can show back a lot of data. But then it always needs to be kind of linked to what they are trying to achieve, what would be important and interesting for them, and also what they can then reuse to show their success, to show their value there, like as a company, as a team, uh, to maybe their senior stakeholders. So it's all about data visualization, which uh, doesn't really need, I mean, you don't need to, to have any specific tools like PowerPoint or Keynote is uh, largely enough. On the more creative side, uh, then yes, I do use a, a little bit of a software uh, like Adobe Suite, uh, Photoshop and uh, um, and After Effects, but that is we are talking about more of a <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah, creative no, no. thing. <laughs> okay, but cool. No, I, don't, cool. I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't send gifts, animated gifts to my customers <laughs> yet. I, Maybe that. Maybe, that's, maybe that. yeah. Maybe you should. That's a good. Maybe that's <laughs> that's a good idea. idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I really want to dive into the specific habits that you do on your day to day, Valeria. Uh, like whether that's you know all the way from when you start the work, uh, at, till the end. I understand like you have a hybrid, uh, uh work arrangement with SAP where you can work from home and and from the office. And I do understand that you're a parent yourself, like like myself as well. So, so how like what are the habits that you you specifically have developed uh, in your day to day? Um, when, when when yeah, it's 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 actually quite a quite a good question because if I think about it, I don't really have like a very specific. Uh, innovative habit let's say i mean i'm a parent myself i drop my kids to school <laughs> and i start working and i do some sport but i do use something which is a, a great tool um a great help for myself because i am obsessed with proactivity like how to be proactive with the customers because i think that proactivity is what makes customer success it's the whole point of customer success. Well, not not the only, but it's definitely one of the main points of customer success to be proactive, not to wait for the customers to kind of get back to you with the problems. Otherwise, that will be the only thing that you do. Uh, but really be there, constantly present without overwhelming them, but be there, be kind of, um, yeah, be proactive. And proactivity can come from you know, talking about innovations and, you know, there is a release, maybe bring some release features. That is great, but that is only, there are only so many release cycles in the in the year. Uh, you can also talk about events, you can propose some trainings, but again, this is quite limited. And I was always in a quest for how to connect to my customers, especially post-COVID when you're not no longer seeing them every day, no longer spending time with them every day. Like, how would you connect with them in a more proactive manner? Uh, and what I found out is that having a, a um, alerts and that kind of brings back to the habits. So my great habit of the day 
is actually to receive my digest from Google alerts and Twitter alerts around my customers. So I, uh, I, I, I'm not managing hundreds of them, so it's, it, it facilitates a lot my my day-to-day work. Uh, but what I've done is I've set up an alert for every single customer I have, customer name, but also some of the names of their key stakeholders, like the CIO maybe, maybe the CEO, maybe the CHRO, because I'm working with HR solutions a lot, and um, a couple of other, like, maybe keywords that I want to focus on, like mergers and acquisitions, or maybe some, I don't know, social plan, like if it's a French customer who is doing. So what I do is every single morning, I go through that digest that I receive into my email box. And from there, for example, yesterday, I've learned that one of my customers is going uh, going to buy another company. And that's interesting. That's interesting nice. because it can modify quite a lot of things in terms of their software setup. And that gives me an opportunity this week to connect to the customer and say, look, I've learned that you're going through this. You probably will need this and this and that. And maybe I can also help you onboard those people from the other company. And, you know, it it opens up so much, at least in the scope of the solutions that I manage, it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities. Um, Let's be honest, it's also opened some maybe doors for uh, upsells or cross-sells or something like this. Uh, But I don't do it only from the lucrative uh, perspective. I'm really doing it uh, from uh, this quest of knowing them as much as possible. And understanding them as much as possible. And it's it's not only for them that I do, but also for myself, like having that connection with them, having that daily something that reminds me, oh, this company is going through something big today. And yeah. That's that's cool. uh, Yeah, Google Alerts, like that's the first where I've heard like even like putting, including the CIOs and the management into that. Uh, I've always used like, often used just the company uh, for the meantime, but then like, yeah, again, like, especially because you're dealing with uh, an HR product. So that kind of makes sense. So, so yeah, yeah even, I, even, you know, even if you black, aren't, yeah. Like, like anyone with whom, uh, who, who can be like a, a, a top senior, uh, stakeholder in the product line that you work for, like if it's a marketing solution, it may, it can be a head of marketing. Uh, that can give you as well some ideas on the strategy. And I find that it also elevates your conversation afterwards with your customer, you see? Like, you're not just here to support the daily run, uh, although you, you, you are here for that as well, but you're also here to talk strategy, to talk uh, uh, vision, maybe even long-term vision, and, and see how on the long run, you can support them. So, yeah, it, 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 it greatly drives my long-term uh, plan because I really like having a plan which goes uh, ahead and maybe uh, maybe one or two years ahead as well. Yeah, no. Uh, we are sense. coming... Yeah, it does, it does. We are kind of coming to the close uh, of our time. So I want to get to one, one more question, 
where because I want to make it as relatable and and not you know CSM is not always like you know sunshines and rainbows all the time like it's times where when we mm-hmm. fail as well so would love to if you don't mind share like a time where you failed and and like what was the journey like and and what was the what was the lesson that you learned there Oh god um I'm very embarrassed about this uh but <laughs> Yeah, I even even thinking about it now makes me very kind of uneasy. But I do have a very um, a, a failure story. <laughs> Let's be honest. For many many years, I was uh, dedicated and uh, working with one single customer. It was many years ago, and that was a one-on-one engagement model where um, a big organization uh, and. Uh, it was prior to SAP, actually, so some 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 years ago. Um, massive strategic account, lots of product, extremely large team to work with, so around like fifty people. So it really felt like working with lots of organizations at the same time. And and I was switching and kind of opening up to work with another customer and getting this other customer uh, into my portfolio. I was very happy about it, actually, because I really wanted to have a new, a new type of engagement, see a little bit how it happens on the other side and also have a little bit more customers, you know, just, just to have that dynamic. And it worked very badly. It didn't fly at all. And the reason was that every time I I was in my head, I had a main customer and a secondary customer, you see. Ah, I see that. And you see, it's, and I think that we do have it. Like if we have a lot of engagements, if we have hundreds of customers or even 15 customers, there always will be one which will be, Maybe or maybe one or two, which are main ones, and it probably even fluctuates because one customer is going through a project, and all of a sudden it becomes a priority. And I learned to manage it very well, but at that time, I didn't, because for me it was really my main customer and my secondary customer, and the secondary customer felt it. So every time I was meeting with the secondary customer with the second customer, I was talking about the other one. And I was saying, oh, but you see that other one, they're managing it this, this, in this way. You should consider that. And it all went from a very good intention because, you know, who doesn't want to get an experience from another customer uh, managing the similar processes? Uh, usually customers are very happy about it. Hmm. But the other one, they really felt that, I my focus is there. They are the secondary, and at a certain point of time, I had to say goodbye to them and just uh, get another new portfolio of customers because that that split I didn't really manage that. And the lesson learned was the great one. I mean, I was young and and, and probably very stupid at that time. Uh, it 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 felt so natural to share to talk about others to kind of you know emphasize that i am i have that great experience uh but in reality they didn't they don't really care about your experience or others experience uh they the customers want to feel that 
they are the main ones, that they are a company, that you do everything for them. And what they care is their project. So that was kind of, um, it, it sounds very commonplace and very kind of common sense even. Uh, but yeah, it's important to treat every single one and kind of not let it transpire. Um, so today, even though I have a priority customers, of course I have some that are priority, but they don't know anything about one another. They, I don't, I rarely mention others and kind of really focus on them. When I am with them, I am with them. I don't bring any other experiences up as long as it's really, really necessary. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's relatable, uh, but uh, that, that happened to me and I wanted to share this one. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing, especially like when you're even when you're like starting off as a new CSM, you might like get into this, you know, trap like where you're doing this. So all the new CSMs out there, like take note <laughs> and even like the, the, the more tenured CSMs, you might, you know, uh, you might just not think about it, but like just do it uh, again, like with a good intention. But but, you know, but it uh, it doesn't transpire as as that. Uh, so that's 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 a good thing to keep in mind. But thanks for sharing, uh, Valeria. Uh, but yeah, we have come to the end of it. It was so insightful and and really like thanks for sharing all these great tips. I always ask uh, my guest uh, this one question at the end because I want to keep the ball rolling. Uh, is basically which CSM would you like me to have as the next guest uh... on the pod? I, I, I'm happy that you asked that question uh, because I will name somebody who wouldn't expect it at all. Uh, and that would be Marie-Louise Gross, the okay. customer, a fellow customer success partner. Uh, well, an ex-fellow customer success partner because uh, she we used to work together at SEP and she moved into another class, into another. She works on some exciting projects. She has a very bright mind a very creative different type of creativity but very creative bright mind and i'm pretty sure that you will learn a lot from her and she works for microsoft oh okay i'm definitely gonna reach out to her awesome you thanks should. for that suggestion yeah thanks valeria but yeah now uh as we wrap our discussion valeria is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners perhaps any you know upcoming projects that you have any initiatives of course like people are following you on linkedin so go follow valeria on linkedin on all the the really creative visuals that she has and the cs content so anything else that you would like to add um nothing else to add apart from yes i'm i will continue sharing a lot of creative visuals that i'm currently producing all packed with customer success tips so all on the topic of customer success, nothing else. Uh, it's really my my passion and my profession. So yeah, stay tuned if you if if you want. Uh, um, follow me on LinkedIn, and you will learn more. And of course, yeah, Prash, thank you so much for this discussion. It was intense, but I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> Thanks for taking our time to to come and be a guest and and share all your insights 
from from all this extensive experience that you have, uh, Valeria. Really appreciate you. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in for another episode of It All Depends Pod. Uh, we really hope you enjoy today's discussion uh, with Valeria. So don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the on the podcast platform that you that you uh, prefer. And be sure to join next time. Uh, until then, have a good one. Cheers. Bye, Valeria. Cheers, Prash. Thank you very much. And thank you all. Mm-hmm.